The cancer journey is unique for everyone. It's time to figure out our new normal, and there's no one-size-fits-all manual. Welcome to Unspoken Cancer Truths with Jen Cochran, because surviving is just the beginning. Welcome to Episode 60 of Unspoken Cancer Truths. I'm your host, Jen Cochran. Next week, I'll actually be hitting five years since my cancer diagnosis. That's a pretty big milestone for survivors across many different types of cancer. So this week, I want to talk a little bit about storytelling and how we tell our stories. Really, that's the whole basis for this podcast, to provide a space for people with a connection to cancer to tell their stories. And we'll definitely get to that aspect of storytelling a little bit later on in the episode. One of the most common challenges I hear from people when they're telling their story is how surprisingly challenging communication was when they were diagnosed. Here we are processing all this information, making crazy amounts of decisions in small periods of time. Then we have to socialize the situation to other humans. And if you didn't already know, you learn really quickly. Humans are weird. And nine times out of ten, their response isn't about us at all. It's about them and everything they think they may know or have ever heard in relation to the word cancer. In my TED Talk, I talk about the fact that the World Health Organization now classifies more than 200 diseases under the umbrella of cancer. 200. This word has become so generic. Yet, it's also universally attached to the emotions grief, sadness, fear, and anger. And really, this is our bias on display. And we all have it. We all have some bias. As I meet survivors who have undergone cancer diagnoses, If they had lost a family to cancer, their initial reaction is often very challenging because that bias exists, that experience exists in their life. In addition to general communication challenges, people have also almost universally shared about the surprising responses they received from people who then disappeared from their life quite unexpectedly. At the same time, people showed up who we never expected. And this is a big unspoken truth. I often find when people share with me off air about the significant people who fell away, they're surprised when I share similar situations. And that is really far more common than any of us really realize at the time that we're experiencing it. And it can be really challenging because here you are facing something really significant and yet Very unexpectedly, you could lose someone who you felt very close to. The first person that I told when I had my diagnosis broke down into tears, and it took me 45 minutes to comfort her. And that was when I realized that I needed to be telling a different story in the land of storytelling. A direct delivery of I'm having surgery to remove breast cancer was going to continue to terrify people. And even though I didn't believe that there was a need for that, um, and managing the fallout was going to be really exhausting for me. 
So I started telling people that I was getting an upgrade. And I would kind of motion in an upgrade kind of manner. And people would start to laugh. And then I would say that was medically necessary. And that would sort of, the laughter would sort of short circuit the fear. And then we could have a conversation about it. And nine times out of 10, people were, they were concerned, but they were not, kind of their own bias was short circuited. And we could have kind of a facts conversation. So fast forward a couple years into my journey and two curious things happened within a couple days of each other. I was talking with a new friend. She was a breast cancer survivor. She'd been diagnosed, oh gosh, probably a year, year or so before me. Um, And we had been paired up for some coaching. We were in a program together. And she shared with me that she thought that I had not felt enough sadness about my diagnosis. Hmm. So I had a lot of emotions uh, through my journey. I think emotions are important. And I had a lot of different emotions. But sadness was just not one that really felt true to me, at least not directly related to my diagnosis or my treatment. And I want to take a moment here and say all emotions are good and necessary. (laughs) We can't have the good without the bad, you know, light and dark. It all goes together. But that said, we need to be able to process through whatever those emotions are and move on to the next emotions, be able to feel new things when they come up. And when we stay stuck in a place, that's a problem. If you were diagnosed two years ago and you're still angry or sad, it's time to figure out why. And maybe you haven't slowed down long enough to process that you were treated for cancer. And that might be something to dig into as well. I know I've had that conversation with lots of lots of different people um, on the podcast where we just were doing the next thing and doing the next thing and doing the next thing and hadn't processed all the things that there were for us to process. But in the case of this conversation about sadness, it just didn't feel true for me. And I really wasn't sad. And I didn't really feel like I needed to be. I didn't really feel a sense of loss. Um, Sadness just wasn't true for me. And I was okay with where I was. I didn't really give it a second thought. Until a couple days later. I had pitched for a storytelling event. And now this was my first pitch that I had ever done. And I really learned a lot about what not to do. It was a sort of informal Zoom meeting uh, long before Zoom was our common meeting mode. And I talked with the two organizers for the event and I pitched them my basic cancer story. Now, the event was happening in October. I thought breast cancer, October event, this will be, there is some good synergy here. And they asked me some questions. We had a lovely conversation. And I was actually thinking if my premise was selected for their October event, then I would craft my specific 10 minute story based on where they wanted me to focus. Then I got their thanks but no thanks email a few days later. 
And I have to say this email was a great example of how not to deliver negative news. (laughs) They could have said my story didn't fit with their vision for this particular event. That was totally true. Um, They could have commented about the components of my story that they found compelling because one of the organizers was super interested in the intuitive components of my story. Um, She was really positive with me about the potential to tell the story from that perspective. So there are ways to say no, but not completely shut the door. This email in a nutshell said, they thought that there was a story in my story, but they didn't think anyone would root for me. Wow. A friend actually attended one of their storytelling events a few months later, and she said that she and her husband had to leave at the intermission because she could not stop crying. All the stories were bringing her to tears. Which then I thought to myself, more sadness. And that just wasn't true for me. I tend to tell my story from a place of humor. Hence, I was having an upgrade. But in the space of a few days, someone told me I wasn't sad enough. And then someone else told me that no one would root for my survival. If one person says something, it might be them. If two people say something, it might be you. I felt like I needed to maybe take a look at whether or not these things were true. And I really started to doubt how I was walking through my story and how I had processed this diagnosis. I'm a big believer in the universe. We get what we need when we need it as long as we're open to looking. And I often get notes from people saying that a podcast episode or a weekly challenge I offered in the Surviving is Just the Beginning Facebook group or an email I sent was just what they needed. And I often feel that way about what comes across my consciousness. After a couple days of pondering whether I was doing my own cancer journey properly, I joined my weekly coaching training class with my mentor, Dr. Susie Carmack. And I've known Susie for more than a decade. She's been a yoga mentor, and she's created a great health and well-being coaching training that's recognized by the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching through her company, Yoga Medco. She's also a skin cancer survivor, and she shared her story in episode 18 of the podcast. So during class that evening, Susie introduced the concept of sense-making. And this is a theory from Information Sciences from Brenda Dervish that Susie then took this theory of sense-making. She took it a step further and she applied it to navigating our well-being. Basically, sense-making boils down to this. It's how we make sense of our situation and how well we do that translates into our overall well-being. So it's basically how we tell our story, kind of the dance or theater perspective, the backstage story, like how we're telling our story to ourselves and to the people very, very close to us, how we communicate it to another person, and then how we socialize it to the whole wider world. And basically, if you have consistency in your story across all those areas, then you're successfully making sense of your situation. So if I'm telling myself and the people closest to me, I'm good. I've got this. I'm, 
I've got a thing. I've got to do it. I'm doing the thing. It's all going to be good. And you believe that. And that's how you socialize it to another person. And that's how you socialize it to the wider world. You're doing okay. You're making sense of your story. And you have consistency. The challenges come in if we're telling one story to ourselves, one story to a person individually, and then another story kind of to the wider world. Then we have some incongruence. And we might have to think about how exactly it is that we're telling our story. Here's the thing about sense making it is uniquely yours. How you make sense of your story is based on your collective experiences to date and your curiosity about what is happening now. It may not make any sense to someone else because their experiences, their bias, and their perspective differ from yours. As Susie shared more about this sense-making idea, I said, oh my gosh, I didn't do it wrong. My story makes sense to me and I'm completely okay. And it was exactly the perspective and information that I needed in that moment. Now I had a framework to check my story against. And it really allowed me to release other people's stories about my story. (laughs) When you have a cancer diagnosis, there are a lot of noisy stories. There's our story and all the things that are coming up for us in that moment, all those things that we're navigating. And then we need to make decisions and socialize it to other people. There's our doctor's story. And if you're struggling to find common ground with your doctors, you may need a second opinion. You're going to be with them for a really long time. And you want to have a doctor who you can partner with. I've talked to several people in this journey who were really struggling with making those initial decisions. And it turned out to be a gap in their team. They weren't getting all the information they needed. And they got a second opinion and they got a second perspective and that perspective resonated with them. And that's okay. You know, as we're navigating these stories, we need to also take into account that how we process and make sense of things really is important. There's also our nurses' stories. And they have a whole set of stories going on, right? They have a really tough job and they see so much loss. And they really need an outlet to check their stories to allow them to take a break when they need it. And we have family stories. So many family stories, right? Families are awesome and sometimes challenging. And sometimes they're both things all at once. And I'm really fortunate because in my immediate extended family of my parents and siblings and their significant others, we all like one another. And that just means that no one gets left behind. It doesn't mean that we don't sometimes have conflict or that we don't disagree vehemently. (laughs) It just means that we process our stories differently, but we can still be friends. Speaking of friends, friends and acquaintances also have their own stories. And these can get tricky. Remember those people who fell away? Or the amazing ones who showed up when we had no expectation that they would. Strangers 
also have their own stories. These were the craziest ones for me. I had a gentleman at a networking event give me the third degree about my life choices after a sweet friend said to him, you should interview Jen for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. She has such a positive story. Here I am, bald, wearing a hat, in the middle of my chemo treatments, at a networking event. And this stranger proceeds to ask me about my fitness, my food choices, my treatment plan, and starts making recommendations for how I can improve myself. (laughs) Seriously? I was in the best shape of my life. I'm gluten and dairy-free for years. And my doctors have me covered, thanks. And I did ask him if he had any other questions about how this was my fault. And then he looked at me kind of shocked. His questions weren't really about me. They were about what needed to happen so the people in his life didn't have to go through what I was going through. And don't get me wrong here. Prevention is important. I'm all about exercise, eating well, managing our social, mental, financial, purpose, emotional well-being, all the things. They're all important. But it's not a silver bullet. There was a Johns Hopkins study on cancer causality. Seriously, plain bad luck was cited as a potential cause. If there's no easy, definite why, it's okay to let that question go from your story, because there may just not be an answer. Every single person comes to your story with a unique past and set of expectations around the word cancer. And it's also kind of shocking how many people said to me, I have a fill-in a relationship to a person here who had breast cancer. She died. This is another universal unspoken truth. We all seem to be a bit blindsided by, but most survivors have heard at least once, if not a dozen or so times from people. And in case you're wondering, it's probably not super helpful. (laughs) For me, when I heard that, I thought, it's their story. It isn't about me. And it wasn't. It can still be scary, especially since they likely have no idea how the details of one cancer story match up to the details of yours. And it doesn't even matter because every day there are new advancements and new learning. And we get better at finding and treating and surviving cancer. I started this podcast to hear other people's stories and learn new things from every guest that I speak with. Sometimes it's about the science and the treatments that are out there today or how things were done in the past. Uh, Sometimes it's about how their story influenced their life and was a catalyst for making some changes or how taking a break from the rat race really changed their perspective and their non-negotiables. And maybe things on a whole kind of look similar. Maybe they loved their job and they're still doing that, but they do it a little differently and they have better boundaries. An unexpected positive outcome has also come up around how people feel about telling their story at the end of our chat. Pieces and parts of our whole story show up on a regular basis. I've shared some pieces and parts of my cancer story today as part of this podcast. We don't generally tell something like a cancer story from start to present with any kind of regularity. 
Yet, when we do, we're sometimes surprised by what comes up in the telling and how sharing our story from start to present can have additional healing properties, as well as let someone listening know that they're not alone because they may have experienced really similar things and felt like it's not common when it really is we just aren't talking about it. So as we tell our story in this way, some of our unrecognized sense-making may show up as well as we connect the dots of our story from this more comprehensive perspective. So I am on a mission here in 2021 to share more stories this year and create more connection for cancer survivors, caregivers, and also highlighting the great work that support organizations are doing. Whether you think that you might want to share your story on the podcast, or if you just want to share with me directly, you can connect with me in my Facebook group, Surviving is Just the Beginning. And you can also connect with other past guests there as well. Or look for the coffee chat link in the show description where you listen to the podcast. Knowing that there are others with similar experiences helps us know that we're not alone. There is a community of people with similar and diverse experiences waiting to meet you. Because surviving really is just the beginning. If this idea of sense-making is really resonating with you and helping you see how you made sense of your cancer journey, I'd love to hear from you. Join me next week when my guest is Kelly Lennon Hopkins. She's going to be coming back to the show and sharing her continued cancer survivorship story. She has quite a 35 plus year story to share coming off some great recent scans. So I'm really looking forward to her sharing her updates and what she's learning on her journey as well. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thank you.